The Spectator magazine combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, plus a £20 Amazon gift voucher, absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics, power and prejudices. This year, 2024, is an election year in America, a presidential election year. And so we will be doing two podcasts a week, rather than our usual one, because we want to and because we know you can't get enough Americano in your life. I'm delighted to be joined today by Scarlett McGuire, who is a director at JL Partners, which is a polling company that's uh, British, but making quite a few waves in America already in this election year. And we're going to be looking at swing states in 2024, because Scarlett and JL Partners have done quite a lot of research into this. And of course, swing states decide elections. So Scarlett, I thought we'd do this. Our listeners obviously won't be able to see the map, but I thought we'd just look at the map uh, and point out various swing states and just sort of go through each one and look at them. Is that is that all right with you? Yeah. Okay. Don't sound too enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, let's start with Georgia, because Georgia, as a lot of our listeners will know, was very controversial in 2020. Donald Trump thought that the sort of the election, the stolen election was was stolen largely there. And that is now, according to the polls... Very good for Trump. He's about six, seven points ahead in Georgia. What's going on there? What are the dynamics? Yeah, so it was very close in 2020. Biden only won by 0.2% of a percentage point, only about 11,000 votes in it. So incredibly close. And yes, is now falling behind Donald Trump in all the polls that are sort of being done of these swing states, including work that we've done. Mm-hmm. I think there are a few things going on there. Uh, Biden performed well, relatively, in 2020, and it looked like he did that sort of by three things really so he was able to win round a lot of people that had voted for a third party mm. in 2016 he benefited from demographic changes to the state so there's a growing black population in georgia which overwhelmingly vote for biden and he was also uh, continuing to improve amongst college educated affluent voters as well I think now, this time round, it is very unclear. In fact, it looks sort of bad news for Biden, um, partly because of what I've just said. So even a 1% drop in turnout for African-Americans in the state would hand it to Donald Trump. And it's exactly these sorts of voters that look quite upset with Biden at the moment and look like they might not come out at all. In 2020, Biden did manage to pull out the black vote quite successfully. However, the polls suggest that Trump, who has always had some appeal among African-American voters, is growing that appeal as we approach November in the election. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So there is a sort of swing nationwide of those voters towards Trump anyway, which again is going to hurt Biden in the next election. And I think Georgia has quite a significant Hispanic community. Georgia is very diverse, exactly, which again, Donald Trump is, or rather Biden is losing some of the support that he had amongst Hispanics. Um, I think, you know, also we look at 2022, Republicans, they elected a Republican governor there, Brian Kemp. So all the signs look pretty good for Donald Trump. Okay, well, that's Georgia looking very much in the tank for Trump. The closer 
states. Let's look at Arizona, which was the, probably the, another controversial state in 2020 that was a lot of the sort of stolen election narrative was built up that in Nevada. What's going on in Arizona? That's another very diverse state. Yeah, very diverse state. And again, similarly close, about 0.4% in it last time around. It had previously been, you know, pretty solidly Republican. They'd only voted for Democrat in a presidential election once since 1952. But this time again, Trump is ahead, not quite as much as polls put him ahead in Georgia generally, but he looks like he's gaining quite a lot of ground there again. So what we're seeing is in the southern states where Trump just lost in 2020, he's looking quite far ahead. In general, yes, that's right. And I think this is partly if you look at where Arizona actually is on the map as well. Immigration, we know that's very important for actually voters across the country, especially in swing states, and then especially again in places like Arizona. So let's look north to more historic swing states, like Pennsylvania is historically a a swing state. Trump won that in 2016, and he lost it in 2020. But there was a lot of mail-in voting and the Trump campaign blamed that for their loss in Pennsylvania Mm. in 2020. What's Pennsylvania polling like at the moment? Pennsylvania, it looks a lot closer. So it was a bit of a watershed moment when Trump won it in 2016. That was a bit of a surprise. Biden got it back by, I think, just over a percentage point in 2020. So again, awfully close. It was interesting that actually Biden made his January the 6th speech from a wealthy Pennsylvania suburb, which I think is quite uh, sort of reflecting of the changing coalition that he's relying on. So it looks like, especially in places like Pennsylvania, he's doing well in those sorts of high educated, wealthy suburbs and will be trying to drive them out. As I said, Pennsylvania does look a lot closer, but there are, you know, other factors that could play. So they've got a new, um, there's going to be an automatic voter registration law coming into place. And normally people think that helps Democrats because it's um, sort of driving turnout. But now with the Republican vote looking more rural, probably the sorts of people that don't vote as much, it could actually help the Republicans this time around. It's interesting you mentioned Biden appealing to affluent voters. There does seem to be this emerging trend. And I mean, obviously, it's very simplistic to divide it this way because because America's a huge country and it's very complicated. But really, the the defining line is between poor people seem to be voting for Trump and affluent people seem to be voting for Biden. That's a pretty fair way of splitting it. Yeah, it does. The realignment's meant that it is increasingly looking like that. And it's actually particularly relevant in these swing states. So household incomes are beginning to recover now. But if you look at sort of 2019 compared to 2022, there was a dip of national incomes between between that, so between when Trump was in and 2022. But that dip was much more pronounced. So if real household incomes were down 5% nationally, these states felt it disproportionately. It was down about 10% across those. And these states with a lot of working class voters in, more and more of whom are breaking for Trump. Okay, well, let's look at another couple of states, Wisconsin and Michigan, which again have been very tight in recent elections. Trump won Michigan in 2016, lost it in 2020. And I think that's the same of Wisconsin, is it not? Uh, Yeah, they both look very tight. Michigan, very working class. I think quite interesting, Michigan, actually, because first of all, both Donald Trump and Joe Biden have been putting a lot of effort there. So that was where Joe Biden sided with the uh, first president's gone to picket line with striking workers in September. Mm. So he's making a big play for working class voters in the state. Historically, the unions have quite a lot of influence there. But it's also interesting because for America, it's got a large Arab American population. And so there's, you know, quite a lot of thought recently that Biden's line on Israel Gaza could hurt him with 
that population which uh, might not be inclined to vote for him this time around. Interesting. So a threat to Biden from the left in Michigan. And does that suggest that Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s candidacy or any independent candidate might get quite a lot of traction and play quite an important role in this election? Yeah, we just did a focus group of RFK supporters in Michigan, and it did suggest that he could, you know, he could do quite a lot of damage. I mean, to both candidates, it's interesting because whenever we do polling, it seems like, broadly speaking, RFK is drawing about the same proportion of votes from previous Biden voters and previous Trump voters. That was actually the same in this focus group that we did. So a couple of them have voted for third parties before, but then otherwise they were sort of equally split. But when you include third party people on the ballot, across these swing states, it's Biden that does worse, not Trump. But that's obviously including people like Cornel West and Jill Stein as well. So it does look like RFK could particularly hurt Biden. But we'll sort of wait and see about that. So RFK had an ad in the Super Bowl on Sunday night mm. that got a lot of quite a lot of attention. So if, if he is a sod both of them candidate, you're saying that at the moment that seems to hurt Biden more. Well, than I Trump. think it's really tight, but at the moment if push comes to shove, I think it would probably hurt Biden a little bit more. And again, any third party we obviously don't know where he's going to make the ballot and there's lots of other things that might happen. But yeah, sort of by a squeak it looks like it could hurt Biden more. So let's look at another state quite close to Arizona, neighbouring Arizona in fact. Nevada, which again was another controversial one in 2020. What's happening there? Are there any different dynamics there? Yeah, Nevada's a little different. So it voted for Clinton in 2016 and for Biden in 2020. So it doesn't look like the rest of these swing states in terms of its presidential election history in recent years. I think there probably are other dynamics going on, although I think Biden's still going to suffer for similar reasons. So the economy in Nevada is very reliant on tourists, it's a tourism economy. And that means that if the rest of the country is feeling a pinch, Nevada households are likely to feel it even more. That probably looks like it will hurt Biden's chances more, as will his slip with Hispanic voters that we've already talked about. And lastly, let's look at North Carolina, which is is a swing state, but is not is often not talked about as a sort of classic swing state. It's one of the seven close. As I said at the beginning, it's one of the sort of seven closest from the last election. Trump has won it both times. Didn't win it by very much at all last time. And it's quite interesting because I think a lot of Democrats actually complained after the last election that too like too much of their resources were poured into places like Florida, which was they're not going to win. Sort of moved out of swing state territory. A lot of people arguing they should go more to places like North Carolina, even though they've historically been quite a lot more Republican. Democrats have performed well here. They've got a Democrat governor, did well in the midterms, and that might well be because of abortion. So it's now a bit of a sort of hot spot in the South for people to go to for abortion. But no, Donald Trump at the moment is quite clearly ahead. And it's interesting, we don't, we haven't even talked about Ohio, and that's not really being talked about as a swing state anymore, because historically, it was, uh, however Ohio goes, so goes the nation, Mm. I think was the saying. So that appears to be firmly in the Trump It's another reflection of this realignment. So places like Ohio, Iowa, Florida all moved rightward and other places have come into play, partly due to demographic changes within the states and then partly due to changes of the two parties' voters' coalitions. So at the moment, uh, and last week we had Patrick Ruffini, who's a pollster on the Republican side, saying, you know, landslide looks possible, perhaps even likely at the moment for Trump. But from what you're telling me about these swing states, that seems to back up what Patrick Ruffini was saying. Uh, potentially, in that, I mean, it's all it's all relatively speaking close, but they all do seem to be going Trump's way. And obviously, the swing states hold disproportionate importance because of how the Electoral College works. So you're not going to, I'm not going to ask you to make a prediction. No, shaking your head. Well, that's very, very interesting insight on the swing states. Thank you very much, Scarlett Maguire from JL Partners. That's all for this episode of the Americano podcast. I'd like to thank my brilliant producer, Natasha Faroz, and urge you to leave a generous 
kind and warm-hearted review of this podcast uh, on whichever platform you listen to it. <laughs>